are you doing with all that? You're what? To the moon? Hang on. You've been playing first rat a little too much lately, haven't you? Because it's going to take a bit more than a few tins of peas and baking soda to reach the moon. Yeah, yeah, I know you're significantly smaller than a human being, but you're still not going to get into the atmosphere, let alone to the moon. Well, if you ask Jason, he might give you some assistance some of the way. He always said he fancied dropkicking you. Oh, no, no, nothing. Right, news time. Uh, would you be so kind, chap? Hit it. So escape rooms have become a thing over the last few years and it seems to be continuing. Who would have thought, seven years after the debut of the Exit series from Cosmos in 2016, that they would become a part of many a publisher's catalogues, but... There you go. Well, the latest publishers looking to continue their own Escape Tales line are Board and Dice and the publisher Lock Me. They, together, have a new series called Side Quest, which is essentially an escape room style game in an existing game universe. First up of the two titles announced is set in the TTRPG world of 7th Sea by Chaosium with this title being designed by designers Jakob Kaban and Bartosz Idubigaski. In SideQuest 7th Sea, you've heard in the inn that the Dragon's Steel Shield can be found in Null Road, but the Inquisition is already on its way. With them choosing to use the roads, you can overtake them using the shortcut. So, fast forward a few hours later, two terrified settlements and one totally honourable Sabre Jewel en route, you reach Null Road. The village looks boring, but there is an old pagan chapel seemingly sealed tightly. Sneaking in is not an option, so it's time to get those doors open, get inside the chapel and reach for treasure before others. The second game announced is set in the alien-esque world of Adam Kwapinski's Nemesis. Captain Jessica Kowalski's crew has received another offer from the corporation. Apparently a ship carrying a precious load vanished a few weeks ago. The mission was simple, locate the ship, assess the situation and make sure the cargo reaches Earth. However, the last log entry was rather unsettling as the ship's AI detected alien lifeforms labelled intruders aboard. Silence is scarier than usual. SideQuest Nemesis offers captivating puzzles, an interesting scenario and difficult choices to make while under pressure. Be aware the silence aboard is not a good sign and intruders are hiding in the darkness. Complete your mission and avoid being contaminated at all costs. Both of these titles are set to test your creativity, your perception and your open-mindedness. Both are due for release later this year. With the Spiel de Jar nominees being announced recently, one of America's biggest awards for the tabletop gaming industry, the Origin Awards celebrate the best of best in tabletop gaming over the previous calendar year. After a three-year hiatus, one of the oldest awards in tabletop gaming returned to its home of Wisconsin, Ohio, as the Origins Game Fair kicked off last week. The Origins Award traces its lineage back to 1975 and is awarded by the Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design, itself a subsidiary of Game Manufacturers Association. 
The award runs in a very similar way to the prestigious Oscars. Any games or products released through retail between January 1st and December 15th of the previous year are eligible to be nominated, with the finalists announced during Gamma Expo in March. Between March and June, all members of AAGAD are available to vote in each category to determine who wins. 2023's winner for Game of the Year was the cute cat game Boop by Smirk and Dagger Games, whilst the fan favourite award went to the delightful dragon game Flamecraft by Cardboard Alchemy. This year also saw more inductees to AAGAD's Hall of Fame, which celebrates significant members of the gaming industry and landmark games. All members of the Hall of Fame also get to vote on what they feel deserves an Origins Award in any future year. The class of 2023 includes Mark Rosewater, head designer for Magic the Gathering, Martin Wallace, designer of Brass at Birmingham, among others, and Jeff Easley, graphic artist responsible for many early Dungeons & Dragons books, including the first ever Monster Manual and all of the second edition core books. 1829 and Cyberpunk were added to the Product Hall of Fame. The winner of the Rising Star title was Arc Nova designer Matthias Wig. Other winners included Best Social Light Strategy Board Game went to Creature Comforts by Kids Table Board Gaming. Best Strategy Board Game went to Planet Unknown by Adam's Apple Games. Best Thematic Board Game went to Dead Reckoning by Old Rack Entertainment Group. Best Card Game went to Scout by Oink Games. Best Children's Game went to Honk by Sinister Fish Games. Best Miniature Game, Lion Rampart, 2nd Edition by Osprey Games. And Best Collectibles Games released went to Magic the Gathering, Universes Beyond, Warhammer 40,000 by Wizards of the Coast. With Origins Awards announced, it's just a short couple of weeks before we hear this year's Spiel de Jar winners on July 15th. The hunt is over, people. Time to stop feverishly cracking overpriced collector booster packs because Magic the Gathering's one-of-a-kind The One Ring card has indeed been pulled and already submitted to PSA for an official authentication. The grading company awarded the card a Mint 9 rating, not quite reaching the top of its perfection scale, the famed Gem Mint 10. The PSA's official Twitter account confirmed that the most sought-after card from the recent Tales of Middle-Earth set had been found, submitted to them, and effectively graded. The lucky player apparently wishes to remain anonymous, because the bounty on the card depicting the most famous piece of jewellery from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings fantasy novel trilogy first skyrocketed to $1 million thanks to US collectible seller Dave and Adam's Card World. That hefty bid was then doubled by Spain-based hobby shop Grimeo de Dragones, which threw a home-cooked paella on as a garnish. Demand for collector booster packs and boxes dramatically inflated for Tales of Middle-earth compared to past Magic the Gathering sets, thanks to the zealous searching for the serialised one-of-one card. While the crossover set contains plenty other limited quality, serialised treatments, publisher Wizards of the Coast promised that there would only be one foil-treated, full-art, the one ring printed in the black speech of Mordor would ever exist. 
Why the card was graded at mint 9 and not a gem mint 10, the highest possible, remains an open question. PSA did not immediately reply for comment and the photo in the company's tweet doesn't show any noticeable damage. One theory might be that the foil treatment has already caused the card to curl or pringle, as it's called in the hobby, due to humidity changes or print quality. Some players claimed you could already see curling in promotional videos produced in the weeks leading up to the set's release. Regardless of quality and how much paella the anonymous owner plans to eat, removing the one ring from the pool of card possibilities will hopefully prick the ballooning price of collector booster packs and other Magic the Gathering products where it might have lurked. Collector booster boxes peaked up $500 for 12 packs on Amazon. The marketing ploy worked for Wizards of Coast and I'm sure we'll be hearing Hasbro President Chris Cooks congratulating MTG for once again topping its quarterly revenue and cementing its legacy as the toy giant's most profitable billion dollar brand. And we're sure it won't be the last time they attempt that. So who here likes Avatar? And I'm not talking about the lanky blue peeps from the distant world of Pandora. I'm talking of Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, the studio behind the Disney Villainless series and Horrified retails the story of Avatar The Last Airbender through a series of strategic scenarios that looks a bit like Jaws of the Lion mixed with Dungeons & Dragons Onslaught. After the Avatar The Last Airbender reskin of the recent Rising series, Fire Nation Rising, Prospero Hall, aka Funko, is set to take us in a different direction with Avatar Crossroads of Destiny. The newly announced game puts players in the shoes of Team Avatar, Aang, Katara, Sokka and Toph, in order to tackle a series of interconnected strategic battles set amongst the popular animated series' main narrative. All of the action takes place on a 9x9 grid, set in a spiral notebook that also doubles as a scenario guide and rulebook, a bit like Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Depending on the chosen scenario, Team Avatar will need to fight their way through Fire Nation soldiers and other obstacles to complete various types of missions. It's not always a race to incapacitate the most goons in red spiky armour. The core game comes with 15 narrative encounters that link together to form a story-driven journey across the four nations and eventually into a showdown with Fire Lord Ozai. Those more interested in a challenge than dramatisation can play one of 12 repeatable combat scenarios instead. Avatar Crossroads of Destiny is currently planning on release date sometime later this year. Well, it's common knowledge around here from previous episodes that we all found the rulebook to Walking Dead All Out War a complete mess, which made the game pretty unplayable. While Mantic Games and Skybound Entertainment have been let loose again on the franchise along with another IP to celebrate the 20th anniversary of both the original The Walking Dead comic book series and Invincible's initial comic book release. Simply titled The Walking Dead The Dice Game and Invincible The Board Game, the publishers collaborated with The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman for the express purpose of handling the series' ballooning popularity during the mid to late 2000s and resurgence alongside the massive television dramatisation. Both of the card and dice games combine elements of push-your-luck mechanics, 
perhaps not surprising for games built around rolling a double handful of dice, and a competitive bend as players race to collect the most reputation within universe factions and eventually clinch the win. Superhero genre Invincible positions players as hopeful young heroes vying for positions within the Guardians of the Globe, while Frank Grimes is looking for capable defenders amongst the living population of his settlements to attack as defenders. A press release describes both titles as easy to learn once they hit the table and are obviously geared to appeal to fans of the source material through artwork and aesthetics pulled from their respective series. This isn't a bad thing, crossover board games can act as an effective bridge into the tabletop hobby, especially in a media environment that values brands and media identity so highly. Both games have been planned to release in late 2023 as part of the 20th anniversary celebration of The Walking Dead and Invincible's original comic book debuts. Pre-launch editions will be available to play at San Diego Comic Con in late July and Gen Con in August. Fans of the Netflix series can now fasten up their corsets, pull up their waistlines and don't forget the ruffles and lace as we head to London High Society in search of a suitor. That's right, Bridgerton is the next TV show deemed fit for translation to the tabletop. The upcoming ball game will translate the intrigue and garden politics of Netflix's period drama into a contest of subtle dance moves and subtler scheming. Bridgerton, the high society game, lets three to six players take on a role of courtly members of the ton a high society ecosystem of scandal, intrigue, rumours and drama playing out with Regency era garden parties where good manners ostensibly hold utter power. The board game adaptation reimagines this precarious social positioning as a literal dance. Players must wheel about the game space in a bid to collect both a charming partner and dirt on as many other members as possible. The main characters of the Bridgerton series are all fairly preoccupied with attending seemingly endless balls and finding love, or at least a good partner for the dance floor. Players in the High Society game will follow suit, attending eight different High Society events and learning as much as they can about their potential suitor. But clinching a man won't be enough to win the game, and enterprising members will always be on the lookout for scandals to report to Lady Whistledown. The game is being developed by French studio Mixlaw, who has also been responsible for adapting shows like The Squid Game and The Queen's Gambit to the tabletop while Asmodee will be handling publishing and distribution. Bridgeton, the high society game, will be available to the Americans first at Walmart retail locations for a limited time, followed up by a global physical release later this year. And we're over to Board Game Geek, and we're bringing you this week's BGG Top 5 Hotness. So these games on the list may already be out, due to come out or crowdfunding at the moment, and it tends to be a list based on what people are searching for over on the website right now. In five. Those racers are keeping their cars well oiled as heat, pedal to the metal, remains in the top five for yet another week. In four. Has the latest season of The Witcher have you eager for the hunt? Seems to have some of you as The Witcher Old World holds on to a space in the top five. In three. Gaining favour with fans is Cyclades Legendary Edition, although I don't think the gods are as easily swayed in this area control game. In two. 
It looks like many of you think you can do better than those in recent years as you take over the White House in Mr. President, the American Presidency, 2001 to 2020. In one. And new in at the top, though, we head for 19th century Spain as you set to expand Spain's second largest city to accommodate its population and upgrade its services in Barcelona. And in crowdfunding this week, we are over at Kickstarter with a game called Undermined Paradise City. It's for two to six players. It's going to take 30 minutes to an hour to play. It's from Devilfly Games. Its designers are Chris Fisher and Nick Barker. And the art is by Patrice Rameau. Welcome to the frontier town of Paradise City in the Wild West, where riches await you. Can you make your fortune before your rivals as they try to sabotage you, all while avoiding the danger of the mines? What will that next swing of the pickaxe yield? Will it be glory or will it be disaster? Undermined, Paradise City is an accessible card and dice game suitable for gamers of any experience. Players can learn to play in minutes and there are hidden strategies and combos to be discovered that will keep you wanting to play again and again. This immersive game can fit around other, longer, heavier games, but of course we often find it consuming full evenings as players mine for treasure. The core gameplay concept is pretty simple and easy to learn which makes teaching the game a doddle. At its core, Undermined is all about combining your equipment like pickaxes, dynamite and more to dig through the rock deck, which yields riches, perils and plenty of opportunities for victory points. Sometimes the rock is just going to be too tough for you, and that's where the other aspect of Undermined comes into play. If you find yourself in that situation, you are encouraged to make deals with your fellow prospectors and see if you can work together in order to find whatever riches lie beneath the ground. As well as mining just one rock from the tunnel, you might also be able to use explosives to blow an even bigger hole in the tunnel. This comes with its own risks, as you might understand, and whilst you'll be able to uncover more cards in succession, you might end up bringing more perils down on your head. Prospectors are also able to use their hard-earned riches to buy equipment, which can be used to help with your endeavours. A good helmet might save you from a peril or two, but a canary might just stop you from ending up in a really sticky situation. A game of Undermine comes to an end when one player has managed to get to 12 victory points. That could come from the treasures found beneath the ground, or perhaps the equipment you've managed to snag from the store. Because of the different ways the rock deck can be constructed in each game, and the variety of equipment on offer, you should find yourself coming to the tabletop trying all sorts of interesting tactics in order to earn your riches. And we're on to pledges. The Oil Back It Pledge gets you the base game for just £24. Grab the Gimme Ore Pledge, which includes a dice tray and game mat along with the game for £40. The Fossil Apostle Pledge adds six player mats along with everything else for £80. Or you can get yourself drawn into the game along with all the mats and trays and the game for £195. All those pledges come with associated stretch goals based on their pledge levels. Right, there we go, chap. Another week in the world of this hobby we call board gaming. Oh, come on, chap. We'll get into space at some point. I tell you what, I'll give Elon Musk a call, see if he needs a rubber duck on the next SpaceX mission.
Well, it's always worth a try. Right, say goodbye to everyone. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week.